This podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of July 25th, 2020. I thought Johnny Walker bottles went in paper bags. Braxton Brewing is expanding to Cincinnati. Japan is trying Cora's marketing strategy. Donde esta la wine heists? All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. And well, we that's it. Heard. <laughs> that's it. Like, uh, let's get now, look, that was intentional. I, I I was leaving that 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 gap there just to highlight that we we are alone. <laughs> We're all alone together. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get into the news. Yep. Uh, Johnny Walker. Uh, Johnny Walker whiskey will be sold in paper bottles next year. Can you have a paper bottle? Well, you can have a plastic bottle. I mean, man, this means you can have a bottle for every one of the recycling bins. Paper, true. plastic, glass, just cover the whole the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, recycle kids. Anyway, starting next year, Johnny Walker will be fans. I don't know why kids would be listening to us, by the way. It's the expression, you know. Yeah. Johnny Walker fans will be able to pour their whiskey from planet-friendly bottles uh, starting next year. On Monday, Diageo, the British spirits, uh, British spirits company that owns the brand, announced that they would be developing a paper-based uh, spirits bottle made from sustainably sourced wood. Uh, uh, sorry, someone is a kid. The plastic-free packaging is expected to debut uh, early next year. The Diageo bottle was developed in partnership with a venture of management company Pilot Light. Uh, they the two launched the Pulpex Limited sustainable packaging uh, technology firm that is also working with businesses such as Unilever, 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 Unilever. Okay, and PepsiCo. Never heard of them. Unilever and, makes like everything oh i was waiting for you to say they make iron brew <laughs> just now now the now the googling begins well, yeah i was just like i don't know maybe they do uh anyway that was diageo was announcing on monday the beverage packaging trends paper is uh in fashion as brands seek to curb plastic use diageo which is committed to reduce its reliance on plastics included doing away with plastic rings and its guinness cans and increased recyclability of its bottles uh, said the paper-based bottle uh, bottle that will help the company meet sustainability goals set by the United Nations. Uh, late last year, the Danish company Carlsberg unveiled a prototype of sustainably sourced wood fiber bottle for its Pilsner. Uh, Pernod Richard uh, owned vodka brand Absolute. Uh, L'Oreal and Coca-Cola are also working on similar efforts. This is strange to me. Like... I mean, it's just going to, well, I haven't seen it. I actually haven't had a Johnny Walker in a while. I thought all their bottles were glass. Yeah, I'm like, like trying to look over there. Let's see if I can see it from here. Um, just see like, what kind it is. Uh, I thought so too, but I could be completely wrong. So yeah, and I definitely haven't seen a bottle of Johnny Walker in a minute. Because, I mean, we have, we have the one, but that's about it. 
that's i yeah yeah like i i haven't bought one in a while because i've I've liked better scotch for a while uh <laughs> actual scotch yeah. yeah yeah well okay i mean they're, they're, they're actual scotch but i i've been leaning more towards like single malt because right. as i've become more pretentious with age uh if that were even possible uh <laughs> But yeah, like I'm just picturing like paper baseball. Like I, I'm assuming it's probably better overall. I'm just thinking though of like trying to break it in a in a bar fight. Just oh, it just crumples. Yeah, I mean maybe that's part of the appeal as well. Uh, <laughs> I, for some reason, I'm picturing the paper straws that are available now, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't. That's not right. <laughs> Something something's wrong there. Uh, yeah, I. But I mean, good on them. You know, that, hooray for all that. Yeah, and that's that's it's pretty good for them. Uh, I, yeah, I I guess we'll see how they 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 work out. I also just kind of wonder though, like, well, I mean, you don't drink Johnny Walker from the bottom from you know, they've got to have like some kind of weird lining in it though, right? There's got to be some kind of weird chemical, like a wax situation. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I I'd but, be interesting because it. But it'd be opaque. That. I'm sure as, once it comes out, like there's going to be a whole article about like, and here's the process of this and that and what it looks like and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was, it's also like a whole lot less, you know, light damage to any of your spirits. That's true. Yeah. That's can't true. really have clear, uh, clear paper. Well, you can, but it requires a lot of grease. Like that Simpsons episode where it's like, you know, Homer's trying to get super fat. You know what I'm talking about? And they're like, they have uh they have the crappy doctor uh say hi everybody. Um I forget his name. It's like Doctor something, but oh. he's like the test he gives like, well if you need to gain weight, that you take your you know, take your food, if you rub it on a piece of paper, you can see through it, you're good. This... And like they at one point he's like, I don't know, this crusty burger has like lettuce on it. I don't think it's that's safe for my diet. And he just goes, Hold on, let's find out. And he Bart takes the burger, rubs it on the wall of the crusty burger, and it becomes see through. Like wow. the, the wall of the <laughs> restaurant and a bird flies right into it. It's <laughs> it's one of the better sight gags in Futurama. I mean, a Futurama. Uh, uh, Simpsons. The Simpsons. It, it feels like a Futurama kind of joke. I was say, that's a fair mistake to make there. They just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what's uh, not a fair mistake? Uh, where, where Braxton's going? Or maybe it is. <laughs> Expansions? Uh, yeah, so... Um... Expansions in this day and age. <laughs> Yeah, considering uh, current world events, uh, yay for this news. Uh, Braxton Brewing to take over Three Points Urban Brewery location in Cincinnati. So um, I'm sure, you know, people who've listened to our show for a minute know that uh, we've talked about Braxton before. They started in uh, Covington, Kentucky. Well, so they are considered a greater Cincinnati area, you know, uh, brewery, but yeah i don't think of them as a kentucky brewery yeah yeah i mean they are but northern kentucky is basically just like oh part of the greater cincinnati area uh but the fact is that they haven't had a cincinnati location until now so uh they agree to take over the tap room space and brewing equipment vacated by three points urban brewery in cincinnati so it's slated to open later this summer Location would be Braxton's first location outside of its home state of Kentucky and fourth taproom space. Fourth. Uh, it's uh, in Covington. Uh, There's the labs. labs. 
Um, they've got that new. Um, What's three? Uh, uh, aging place, the, the wood aging. Oh, one. okay. I haven't been there, so. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, so yeah, that's. I can't. I can't even remember where it's at, but it's like it's it's still in Kentucky. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it says it's incredible to finally have a location and a home in Cincinnati proper. Braxton co-founder and CEO Jake Rouse said in a release. Since we've opened our doors, we have always felt we had two homes, one in Covington and one in Cincinnati. Now we actually do. Braxton, which was founded in 2014, headquartered in Covington, Kentucky, on the southern banks of the Ohio River, across from Cincinnati, and operates tap rooms in Covington, Bellevue, and Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, which is that aging one. Uh, Mm -hmm. The new space will give Braxton a brick-and-mortar presence in downtown Cincinnati, and a location in the Pendleton section of the city's Over the Rhine neighborhood. I keep thinking that says Pendleton, <laughs> like the the, the bicycling I mean, commercial oh, oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, they talked about uh, the hospitality and restaurant group that owned Three Points Urban Brewery will turn its focus to its restaurant properties. Three Points opened two years ago and produced 672 barrels in 2019 according to not-for-profit trade group, the Brewers Association. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know how much they can make in two years, but I'm just kind of like, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. I Honestly, I didn't, I didn't know much about the brand. Um, and well, I, I I say, it's I Cincinnati. It. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a beer drink beer world out there. A little bit, uh, yeah. Um, the uh, the Three Points Facebook page has already been updated with a Braxton logo for its profile picture, uh, but still features the Three Points name. The last post the company made about Three Points operation was to announce the brewery was closing until further notice on March 15th, which of course we know is uh, the start of the whole <laughs> the whole thing that's happened in 2020. Um, it's, it's the begin. It's it's the end of the before times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Braxton will use the new location's 15-barrel brew house for research and development, similar to the Braxton Labs location in Bellevue. Uh, we have some plans for both package and draft, as you see at our other locations. Rouse told Brewbound. Braxton, like, like Labs needs to make sure everyone is wearing like lab coats. I just right? they should be, and they're not. They, I feel like they're missing. Yeah, like when you when you pour them. when you pour a glass and you need to like kind of like hold it up to the light, like they're. You know, examining some sort of ampule of something. Like, oh, hmm. not sure. Yeah, and they have some like, uh, you know, beakers and things like yeah. that. They, but they really need to take more advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're just gonna if you're gonna have the name Labs, just just go whole hog on it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so um, the Braxton Barrel House. That's what the other one's called. Uh, the third one. That's the one in Fort Mitchell. So uh, that one is focused on barrel-aged offerings. Um, since 2015, when it launched, uh, when it produced 2,000 barrels, Braxton's volume has grown nearly triple digits annually. With one dip in 2018, uh, it went up 250 percent in 2016 to, to th- 7,000 barrels. Um, and basically, yeah. So at, uh, as of last year, it went up 96 percent. They are at twenty three thousand five hundred barrels. So uh, even though it seems like a regional story, I feel like this is the the next move in their their going places. And the, it's good that they're also still continuing what they're doing, given uh, again world events right now. Right. Yeah, Braxton. 
Braxton, I think for us has always felt like they're, they're always itching for that next, you know, I feel like their business plan does not have them stopping at, Oh, and it will be a nice regional thing. They want right. to, it'll be a local, you know, when they were local, they wanted to be regional. Now that they're regional, they're wanting to get into it'll, whatever it'll the next. Soon whatever. take over the tri-state and then. And from then there, the world. <laughs> Basically. Uh, <laughs> Right, the lab should be ran by someone named Doofenshmirtz, who's telling you about how they're going to take over the tri-state area. Although I don't know what the other state would be <laughs> from Cincinnati. Uh, it'd be Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky. So okay, yeah, I don't know. I I, I I guess it's good for them to have something over and over the Rhine, despite the fact that over the Rhine is OTR. I guess is a uh, uh, like they couldn't you couldn't find a Bra it's not like you couldn't find Braxton beer there. That's all I'm saying. Or any other, or, everything there <laughs> at this point. So, uh, you know, but yeah, not not the worst location though. No, you know what I bet you couldn't find there. Hmm. Beer brewed from with the waters from Mount Fuji. No, probably not. I feel like that that needs like a, a like one of those Kabuki sounders. You know, like like Whoa! like, like a know, bunch of we're, we're really missing out on some of our sounders. I have to say. It's okay. Uh, just like how every sunset has its own unique appeal, and yet some still manage to be more lovely than others, so too do some beer cans supplement their inner allure with outward elegance. Perhaps no craft beer has been quite as beautiful as the Asahi uh, beer's new design for Fujisan Brew. And it, it, it does look pretty good. I'm just saying, no joke, I want these cans just because... <laughs> Well, uh, as pro uh, promised, Mount Fuji, or Fujisan, as it's called in Japan, rises proudly on the can next to some uh, striking brushstroke calligraphy of the name of Japanese highest of Japan's highest mountain. The depictions of Mount Fuji look a little familiar. Your memory will be further jogged when you can turn the can around to see the artwork is actually that of the Great Wave of uh, Kanagawa, one of the signature works of master Japanese woodblock print artist. Uh, Katoshika Hokusai, Hokusai. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, who created the iconic image as part of a series on Mount Fuji? That there's 36 of them. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of wood. Uh, Asahi's Fujisan isn't uh, just Japanese in appearance either. The uh, brewer says that the 5.5% uh, alcohol. Sorry, something in my hand just disintegrated. Uh, <laughs> 5.5% alcohol ale uh, is made entirely with Japanese ingredients. Jap uh, Japan-grown barley, Japan-grown hops, and most enticing of all, rice. The fields nourished by the waters flowing from the underground streams beneath Mount Fuji itself. So going for that AB InBev recipe. Yeah. Getting Although it probably tastes better still. <laughs> I somehow imagine it would. Although this is actually the second time they've offered uh, uh, Fujisan the uh, following a brief run in the spring of last year, though at that time uh, without any of the assistance from Hokusai. So I'm assuming the... Oh, yeah, they have the picture here of the old one. It is less good. Uh, like, it's okay, but that didn't you know, jump out at me. This new this new can, like, I would, like, pick this up in a, in a store somewhere and just go, what is this? And then drink it. And then be yelled at because I shouldn't be drinking inside of a store. Um, I just, I want it and it doesn't look like it's, we're going to get it, but I want it. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's what a large part of this show is us looking at things that we're never going to be able to get. That's uh, so true. You know, just wondering when and where we'll ever get the chance to have this or or see it's like perhaps perhaps we could go to Spain and that might be more realistic. <laughs> we won't we won't find it's like there, but we also probably won't find legitimate wine. Ever. Uh yeah. Uh because hello smoke. Uh yeah, this week in wine heists. Um wine heists. <laughs> That we definitely need a sounder for. I don't know what it would be, but that's a thing. And if and for the video specifically, we need to have like a, dun, 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 you know, something similar. Um, so, an illegal wine ring worth over one hundred million dollars was uncovered in Spain uh, last week. Spanish authorities exposed a massive international wine fraud operation worth up to one hundred million euros, uh, roughly one hundred sixteen million dollars. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the suspects are accused of producing adulterated wine using cheap substitutes such as corn syrup and grain alcohol. Wine <laughs> Business International. Report. Are you telling me it's that easy to make to, uh, to make fake wine? I could just go out get some uh, get some Apparently. corn syrup, pour some Everclear in there, just shake it up, and go. Here you go. Can you imagine the smell. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the illegal ingredients were used to lower the cost of production rather than increase the alcohol content of the, quote, wines. Uh, six individuals were arrested in Castilla, La Mancha, uh, and Madrid as part of the crime ring, which is now being associated with acts of fraud, smuggling, money laundering, and criminal or organization. The illegal network spanned multiple countries, including Austria, Belgium, France, Holland, no surprise. Moldova, Russia, and Spain. The arrests follow an investigation that began in 2018, codenamed Isolu. Uh, the crime ring was caught by officials in Spain's tax office in Castilla-La Mancha after they noticed the unusual ingredients being ordered for wine and spirits production. <laughs> this, is hmm. a, yeah, this case is the latest in a series of fraudulent wine scandals that have plagued European regions in recent years, and I'm sure we've talked about most of those. Probably. Uh... By the way, I think I know. Uh, I think I know what the sounder should be for wine heists. Okay. Fake, fake wine. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm clipping that. I, I mean, we're <laughs> we're talking about it. It's it's theoretically a joke, but I'm clipping that. <laughs> All right, but yeah, the man, the the point. the length. The length of time all of these these big busts take. I mean, obviously, like these kind of things take time. You got to build your case before you go moving in. You want to make sure you get everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's it's always kind of. Uh, it's like back in 2018, they've been working on this for two years. Someone had to go in there and go, "This looks odd. Wonder what this means. I don't know. Tuck at that string. Oh, 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 God! It's just like." <laughs> like it's like a, a magician scarf thing just like oh god it just keeps going someone there someone there in spanish probably said this goes all the way to the top <laughs> we don't we don't know that this in spanish but yeah um also uh so smokes in the chat and pointed out uh that would actually be a good show topic idea adulterated beverages yeah i mean that, that i mean that's a whole thing right there yeah that's there's, there's there's been so many i mean there's even been like you know weird whiskey uh whiskey smuggling heists and yeah yeah it's, a, it's yeah we that's a that's a whole situation there uh you know what else is a whole situation social uh, distancing 
Very, very much so. And you, t- you, you out there listening, watching, smelling, I don't know, what, however you're ingesting this. Sure. Uh, you need to know they need to maintain six feet apart for proper social distancing, to, you know, to make sure you're not spreading any kind of contagions. And if you don't, and if you somehow infect the people who, who are working at whatever location you are, you may get shocked. I don't mean like metaphorically. I mean that an English pub ma- pub has installed electric fencing to maintain social distancing. I just like we just need to have this hashtag extreme social distancing. <laughs> Restaurant and bar owners worldwide are rapidly innovating to accommodate social distancing requirements in their establishment. One pub landlord had a crafty solution that's positively electric. Okay. Boogie woogie woogie woo. Sorry, Just immediately thought of the electric slide. Johnny McFadden, landlord of the Star Inn in Cornwall, uh, installed an electric fence in his pub to maintain safe distance between pub goers and his staff. Let's just let's just appreciate that people were crowding the bar, and he went, "Hey, oi, six feet." <laughs> That's exactly how it sounded. They're like, "Nah, whatever, man. No, just." show them just picture that man at night spooling out fencing like just like putting out some wires like oh oh i'll show them they'll not get through this uh he devised a solution after previous efforts to stop crowding around the bar using floor tape proved unsuccessful because floor tape doesn't knock you on your (laughs) knock you on your ass when you touch it i'm just picturing like the the dog collars you know the (laughs) to the shock that's all they need uh, well, newly installed fence is fully wired and oper- uh, operable. It's this fully operational battle fence. Uh, uh, anyway, he says he doesn't usually turn it on. When asked if people are still deterred after the, uh, enjoying a few drinks, he answers, you'd be surprised. People tend to keep away from it. It's a fear factor. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, want to get shocked. I mean... I'd probably touch it, but I I have impulse control problems. <laughs> it's the red button, you know. <laughs> well, some have voiced concerns about potential liability to an electric fence in a pub, including his uh, insurance broker. But McFadden has been undeterred by the concerns, saying, "We're in a rural community; everyone knows what an electric fence is." I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> While this measure might have a literally shocking effect on its customers. The fence seems to be doing the trick. Keeps the sheep away, keeps the people away, McFadden says. It allowed him to keep his pub open while maintain- while social distancing maintained. I am so happy. Can I just say, like, this man is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate his thought process here. I, I want to employ it at work. I want to employ, like, everywhere. Just everywhere. Like, Oh, like stupid people, mostly in the grocery store, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky there. Uh, you know, you know who I think doesn't have to deal too much with with social distancing. <laughs> also royal. in England. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, the whole royal family, really. Um, <laughs> turns out, uh, and this this nice little topic to end the show is is going into our uh, our main show discussion topic. So uh, the British royal family 
has a knack for cocktail creations, as demonstrated by that circulated uh, the one circulated last month. This week, Buckingham Palace has officially announced its own venture into the spirits business, releasing a small batch Buckingham Palace Gin. Developed by the Royal Collection Trust, a charitable branch of the royal household, the gin contains 12 botanicals picked straight from the gardens of Buckingham Palace. Now, and, when you hear 12 botanicals, do you picture someone running their hands through their hair, like the natural botanicals? <laughs> Always. Like, literally, like, it's never not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few noteworthy components include lemon, verbena, hawthorn berries, and mulberry leaves. So different uh the royal collection shop recommends drinking the regal spirit in a gin and tonic but those who prefer a martini will surely gain a royal seal of approval from queen elizabeth ii i take it she likes she likes martinis i guess i mean i mean that sounds about right at this age too i'm just gonna like like good on you queen yeah um by the way i discovered something this week (laughs) looking at a thing betty white is older than the queen Jesus. Yeah. But looks and, and uh, seems a lot in a better uh, uh, constitution. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, can I new queen? Except <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, yes. Sorry. Chat room. Uh, okay. So um, at the moment, uh, the offering is only available for purchase online in the UK with the bottle retaining at 40 pounds or about 50 bucks. Uh, don't live in the UK, but still thirsty to explore new gin options. Vinepair has a has a has a <laughs> listicle gins. for you. Yeah, Vine because Vinepair always has a listicle for you. Uh, so yeah, so royal family gin. Uh, I mean, you're telling me I can't just walk up to Buckingham Palace and say, "Hey, give me some gin." Oi, no, oi! Got, they're gonna have that electric fence there, and uh. <laughs> That you just you can't be doing that. Do you th- do you think they need an electric fence? Do you think like the heavily armed guards with fuzzy hats aren't enough to go? You're gonna need a backup, son. Except they won't say it. They'll just stare at you know stare straight ahead, and the second you get within half a foot, bullets go flying. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> available only at Aldi's UK. It, it's not available at Aldi's, I don't think, but I'm sure it will be. <laughs> I mean. That'd be, you can, it it may as well be, and then you can also look at that as this week's, this week in Aldi. Uh, So on that note, (laughs) we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news only show, but we also do a weekly long form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. Uh, If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, you can go to patreon.com slash have a drink show, or you can also check out haveadrinkstore.com if you'd like to purchase any any merch um well we will see you again in another couple of weeks for the next live episode once again i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier and i'm used to a third name here <laughs> we will see you next time bye, bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>